welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Welcome podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us today. This is Kathleen Hallisey. We're here with Hugh James Talks About Abuse, the weekly podcast where we talk about things involving sexual abuse and sexual assaults that are relevant to the work that we do in the abuse team at Hugh James. I'm joined by my lovely colleague, Danny Vincent. Today, we are going to be talking about sexual assaults in the context of massage therapy. So just a quick trigger warning, if this is something that is going to impact you, now is the time to switch off. Go make yourself a cup of tea or coffee, or perhaps on this very hot day in this hot weather, maybe something cold, like an iced coffee, and take some time for yourself. Otherwise, for the rest of you, thanks for joining us. We look forward to sharing this episode with you and and getting feedback from you about it if, if you feel able to do so. So, Danny, thanks for joining the podcast today. If you can tell us a little bit about what's been in the news recently about abuse within massage therapy. Yes, so I thought this was going to be a good topic for this week's podcast because we did actually touch upon this this time last year following a Love Island contestant discussing her experiences that she had received when she'd gone to visit a massage therapist. And we did some research and there had been other celebrities such as McLean that came forward and she'd also talked about the significant impact to her after she'd suffered an assault in this way. But one of the things that we didn't really touch upon last year when we did the podcast was with regards to the with COVID and increasing changing business models, for example, there's a lot more home services now and people have become a lot more comfortable, for example, working from home. So perhaps we'll invite therapists to attend their properties in the evening for for such services. And we've seen increases in advertisements on websites, offering home treatments. Companies were set up for home treatments and just more on social media about this sort of thing, which Traditionally, it all had been done in, you know, hotels, spas, sort of gym areas. So one of the things that I was looking at is that generally, and I don't know about you, Kathleen, but I expected somebody doing these sorts of treatments that would have appropriate training, qualifications, insurance. But actually looking under the current UK regulations, massage therapists do not need a license or any formal training to start practicing. So Effectively, anyone can set up themselves as a therapist as the title is not protected. So, you know, you you may be inviting someone to your home that has no potential qualifications. And obviously that we're not just talking about sexual abuse here, but, you you know, this is significant concern. You, You know, if you're pressed in the wrong area, you know, back, spine, we've got discs, muscles. It's a little bit worrying. And this was something that I just didn't realize myself. And there is one accredited register where members of the public can look and you can check if your therapist is qualified or has certificates, for example, or or enter training. But this is completely voluntary. So only a minority of people are signed up to it. In regards to some businesses, 
local councils may require premises offering massage therapy to have a business license, which can be revoked if the firm is deemed unsafe. But in order for a healthcare professional to be regulated like physiotherapists, the government must deem it as a higher risk of causing harms to the public. Yeah, I mean, Danny, it's really scary to think about, isn't it, that you could be inviting someone into your home that you you think is a massage therapist, licensed, qualified, trained, mm-hmm. and they really could just be somebody who's decided to call themselves that and and could even be doing so with the hopes of, of committing sexual assaults and sexual abuse. It's a really scary landscape. I think, like a lot of things, this needs to be an area where the government gets involved in um, regulation. But, you know, I think also, too, on, on that point about, you know, inviting someone into your home to provide this type of service, a, a massage, it's important to consider the issue of consent. And I, I think that's something that people would be thinking, well, I, well, I, you know, I asked this person or I invited this person to come and give me a massage, you know, so did I consent to what happened? Happened. I think it's important to remember for anybody listening out there who's had something terrible happen to them in this context that you're consenting to a massage, but you're not consenting to a sexual assault. And really important to remember that. And if there was anything about a massage that made you feel uncomfortable or or that something wasn't quite right, I think you're best to get in touch with professionals. Certainly you could speak to to lawyers like us or or even a therapist or your GP to get referred. If you're just feeling really uncomfortable about something that happened, maybe you want to think about reporting that person to the police if it, it's something that you think has risen to the level of being an assault. But I think I would just you know, kind of caution listeners not to kind of second guess themselves and instead anything that makes them uncomfortable to, to take it further. Following on from that in terms of discussing consent as kind of a legal issue, I think it's important to think about the legal liability of things. Obviously, we're lawyers and, and that's a lot of what we do, looking at who's at fault for whatever assault or abuse has sadly happened to one of our clients. So it depends on the facts of the case as it does in every situation, Danny, as we both know, but a little bit interesting, I think, in the context of a massage therapist certainly depends on the nature of their business. So as you pointed out, Danny, we've seen a lot of this happening during kind of COVID and people working from home and various types of businesses that employ all different types of therapists, beauty therapists, nail technicians, uh, hairstylists, et cetera, that you can have come to your home and perform one of those services. Same with massage therapy. The question becomes whether I suppose that person is is employed by that business or whether they're considered self-employed or an independent contractor. And I imagine, you know, as these potential civil claims might progress through the courts, that will certainly be a question that will be asked. If they are self-employed and they're insured, then then certainly there's a claim to be made against their insurance. Or if they don't have insurance, if they have an asset such as a home, then that's certainly a claim that can be pursued because there is an asset to reach at the end. Equally, and, and more helpfully actually, in, in cases where somebody has suffered a sexual assault at a health club or a hotel, if they've stayed at a place and, and you know decided to have a massage in the, the spa, or, then that claim can be brought directly against the health club or the hotel on the basis that that's an employee of the hotel who's acted inappropriately and criminally, and therefore the hotel or health club, et cetera, is, is liable for that abuse. But again, I think that's going to be an interesting legal question going forward because it, I suppose, could also be that a health club or a hotel will would say, well, actually, no, that spa or that massage therapist is separate to us and, and actually they're self-employed or they're an independent contractor, which, you know, could be a way of trying to avoid liability in that type of contact. So I think it's going to be an interesting liability landscape going forward, but certainly I expect that this will be an area 
of law that's growing in terms of it's a ripe opportunity for people who are abusers to take advantage of, of their position. And certainly, I think, Danny, you noted that we've seen that with some recent criminal convictions as well. Yeah, I mean, we've also, so when we did the podcast last year, we were talking about a well-known branded hotel that had had cases brought against it. But since we did that podcast, I had a look and we had a discussion about other things that had come out in the press recently in regards to convictions. And there was somebody from Bristol that was recently convicted and charged. It was six sexual assaults. And that person was given a three-year jail term and then was subjected to a sexual harm prevention order. And this particular order banned him from advertising or engaging in paid or unpaid massage services. Now, whether that would prevent that person from, you know, perhaps practicing under a different name or unknown to potential future victims, that's one of my main concerns without this being regulated is, you know, the general public, like you and I have said, didn't realise that perhaps this can be a completely unregulated service. So you are basically inviting someone into your home that you would expect have training, you know, like a beauty therapist, for example, or different hairdressers we would probably use on a regular basis. They all have some form of, you know, training and passing of exams to, to make that basic standard. And then there was a second case this week where a massage therapist at Thames Lido in Reading was jailed for sexually assaulting women. So that's in the, you know, in the last sort of six months, there's been two more published cases. But these are just the ones that are hitting the press, for example. And I'm sure that there are potentially many others where people aren't coming out and speaking about it or cases are being settled without the press being aware of them. and. That was one thing that I think when we were talking about it is that why is this so unreported and the encouragement that is needed and publication for for people to come forward? Because I don't know about yourself, but for me, I have massages, you know, when I'm very stressed because I get quite naughty. And I know that when I've gone on spa days with friends and in the past, I've thought, oh, that wasn't quite as expected or, you know, that massage touched quite high or, you know, that they, they, they remove or, or move around your underwear perhaps so you feel uncomfortable. And I think having chatted previously to people, I think we all just sort of shrug it aside and think, oh, well, you know, I agreed to have that. So maybe that's just how that takes place. And I don't know if you've experienced something similar to that, but I think that may be why people don't raise the alarm after they've, you know, actually then been assaulted because it's a second questioning of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is certainly an area where, you know, people wonder whether, well, I don't know exactly how massage works or maybe that's part of what they do, but made me feel uncomfortable. But actually, you know, I don't want to, you know, suggest that somebody was assaulting me or abusing me because maybe you're worried about causing problems for that person and or you don't want to accept yourself that, that that's happened to you because obviously it's hugely traumatic. But I think it's it's not uncommon, especially for women, not that this obviously doesn't also happen to men, but I think it's not uncommon for women generally to, in the context of something inappropriate happening, question whether your judgment is off or you misread something or you misunderstood something or you're in some way to blame for it. And I think it's important that 
you know, we just kind of flag that and encourage people. As I was saying before, if there is something kind of awkward or uncomfortable or just something is not sitting right with you that, that you come forward and you report it because, you know, you don't know if, if in fact that person has assaulted others and, and maybe quite significantly. So just really encouraging people to come forward and, and, and trust your gut, trust when you think something isn't quite right. And also big kind of warning that there is no register as you've, you know, researched and told us about Danny. Anybody can just declare themselves a massage therapist and you could be bringing them into your home and they could be a perpetrator. Yeah. And as you say, with lots of the type of work we take on, sometimes people only feel strong enough to disclose what's happened to them when that individual is already being prosecuted or is then in the press. And then a lot of the time people think that it's it was just them. So they, they don't come forward. Or perhaps, as you say, you second guess yourself, or maybe that was how that treatment was supposed to take place. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm overthinking this. And that is especially in this area, you know, when you do generally feel vulnerable anyway, because, you know, you're on a bed in a room with somebody you don't know with, with very little clothing on that is perhaps a very easy place to sadly be feel uncomfortable. And it's important for us to say that this is not something that we say that would be in every for every person that has or provides such treatment. As we say, you know, I often go and have such treatment and have had fabulous experiences, but it's very important that we keep raising concerns about certain things like this. And the other thing that I found when researching it is that there was actually a BBC Radio 4 podcast on this called Assaulted by My Massage Therapist, and that was still available on BB Sounds On Demand. So if this has been intriguing to anybody listening, I think there is more online if somebody wants to listen and have a look a bit more into this. Yeah, absolutely. I think just a great topic for us to be talking about this week, Danny, very pertinent in the news. And so appreciate you bringing this to our attention and, and hopefully our listeners have learned something today and can take necessary steps if they need to. But just want to thank you all again for listening to us today and encourage you to get in touch if you have been affected by any of the issues that we've spoken about today. Or if you have any thoughts or ideas for other topics that you'd like to hear us talking about, then please also feel free to get in touch about that. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.